the MacBook Pro, but not the recent M1 Pro and Max models, the M1 regular model, the two-port model. And we think that a lot of potential MacBook Air customers are going to be very excited about this product too. But with the next generation M2, maybe a mini LED display, maybe even a new design. Smaller, but better in every way. Like the MacBook Pro having a love baby with the MacBook Air design. Again, it is an incredible new product. I'm Renee Ritchie. Hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my upcoming 2022 previews. And then, yeah, we got to talk. So back in November of 2020, when Apple announced the first wave of custom silicon Macs, it was all about the ultra low power, entry level, getting M1 into the existing enclosures for the MacBook Air, Mac Mini, and two-port MacBook Pro. That's the MacBook Pro that was first released back in 2016, the one Phil Schiller said was for people who wanted something just a little bit more than the MacBook Air, including a retina display and a better than the anemic Intel Y-series chipset that was in the Air. And poetically, without a touch bar back then, but now the only one remaining with a touch bar. It was meant for a new wave of customers, of people for whom Pro was less Mac Pro is in professional and more AirPods Pro as in premium, maybe coders or designers with lighter workloads, maybe photographers or videographers who were just always on the go, maybe just hipsters or founders who coveted the Pro brand but didn't need all the Pro power, size, and weight that traditionally came with it. Whatever. It just made the word Pro more accessible, more affordable, and to some traditional pros just more infuriating than ever. But it legit let those who wanted an ultralight that could sustain performance and last on battery just a little longer than the MacBook Air and didn't want to pay full-on price for a MacBook Pro Pro just get all of their Goldilocks on. And now it's time for round two, more specifically M2. And I'll get to what exactly that means on the processor side in a hot minute because the actual reports are kind of thin like thinner than an iPhone 6 thin. But with the M1 iPad Pro and M1 Pro and Max MacBook Pros going mini LED and the M2 MacBook Air rumored to be going mini LED as well, I think the chances are more than good the M2 MacBook Pro will go mini LED just right along with them. Because having the worst display in the lineup right in the middle of the lineup would just make all the kind of sense that absolutely doesn't. As to 120 Hertz promotion adaptive refresh rate, well, Probably not. Apple seems to be keeping that feature for the serious pros, the full-on pros, at least for now. Notch? Maybe. The combination of the distinctiveness of that style and the ability that it creates to have both smaller bezels and a bigger camera is just a winner in every way but the aesthetics. And I'm still here for it, as long as we actually truly get that better 1080p camera. Otherwise, F the notch. Let it burn right along with the touch bar, as I imagine it will. Now, we should also be getting MagSafe back because Apple seems to be just all in on all of that all around. And hopefully that means in addition to two USB 4 or those combo USB 4 Thunderbolt 4 ports, because just dropping down to one like the old 12-inch MacBook nothing would make it a complete non-starter, a game stopper for way too many people. But back to M2. See, where M1 was based on the iPhone 12's A14 generation silicon, M2 should be based on the iPhone 13's A15 generation silicon, where the M1 cores are a song of fire and ice storm, M2 should be getting Avalanche and Blizzard, specifically four Blizzard efficiency cores, though they offer over 20% higher performance as well, and four Avalanche performance cores 
which are, yes, 10% faster, but also considerably more efficient and just have way better system level cache. Now, there's still five nanometers, though probably the second generation TSMC N5P process and still ARMv8 instruction set. But out of the three major improvements offered by ARMv9, only the new matrix multipliers sound like they'd even be anything remotely novel or useful to Apple in any way anyway. So what that all means is processors that are still ultra low power, but that can run cooler so they can sustain heavier workloads longer, which is not just perfect for a MacBook Air, but for a MacBook Air Pro as well. Now the G14 graphics cores, well, they're on average about 20% better core for core, but in the relatively tiny iPhone 13 thermal envelope, they can throttle and hard. With the MacBook Pro though, that's nowhere nearly so tiny. And it's also reportedly gonna be going from eight GPU cores in the M1 to 10 GPU cores in the M2. And that could mean a 50% improvement overall, if not more. So anyone doing any amount of graphics work would just be in for a much, much better time. And A15 also includes ProRes media engines for the iPhone 13 Pro, similar to the ProRes media engines Apple added to the M1 Pro and M1 Max just this past October. So the M1 MacBook Pro already has H.264 and H.265, aka HEVC custom encode decode blocks. But if Apple doesn't keep those exclusive to the higher end pros and brings them over to these lower power models as well, just that could be a huge advantage to anyone who does a lot of video, but just can't afford or doesn't wanna carry around a whole lot of MacBook Pro yet. Now, I've already got a full M2 and M3 preview video up, as well as an interview with Apple's VP of Silicon. And you can watch both, the extended versions of both, ad-free and sponsor-free, on Nebula. The scalability getting from where we were in M1 even to where we are in M1 Pro and M1 Max was a fundamental re-architecture. That's where I post all of my videos, including extended versions of my interviews, reviews, and explainers, and my exclusive documentary on the original iPhone. There was no question that was a game changer phone. That was ahead of its time. The iPhone really, I mean, it has changed, I mean, my life in so many ways. All on Nebula, where I have the luxury of making videos that don't have to be optimized for YouTube or this channel, but where I know the nerdiest, most hardcore of you will absolutely love them. Plus, Nebula just added a Roku app and Fire TV app, as well as the Apple TV app and Picture-in-Picture Picture on iOS and bundled in for free when you sign up with today's sponsor at curiositystream.com slash Richie, or just click the link below. And right now, because you're watching this video, you can get CuriosityStream for 26% off less than $15 a year, less than the price of your typical MacBook dongle for the whole entire year. And that includes all of their thousands of amazing documentaries and series like Trajectory, where you can revisit the key advances that marked space exploration and everything above and beyond going on in space science. It is the best way to support educational creators directly and the best damn deal in streaming today. For 26% off CuriosityStream, less than $15 a year, and Nebula bundled in for free, just click the button on the screen or go to curiositystream.com slash Ritchie. Clicking on that button just really helps out this channel, and so does hitting the playlist above for more much more on all of Apple's upcoming products for 2022. So just hit that playlist and I'll see you in the next video.